From the Bob Varley Studio, you are listening to The Biz Unplugged. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Diz Unplugged email edition for September 25th, 2008. I'm your host, John Magi, and I am joined by our Orlando team, Kevin Close, Corey Martin, Julie Martin, Walter Eccles, Will Perry, and Teresa Eccles in the peanut gallery. Um, We're going to read some of your emails. We're going to play some of your, uh, not exactly voicemails, but stuff, uh, MP3s that people have recorded and sent to us in email. That's uh, really become our preferred way of hearing your questions and, and your comments to us. They come across really great. They have really good sound quality, and people can be creative in them. So um, we really enjoy getting those. For those of you who don't know, you can send us an email to podcast at wdwinfo.com, or you can call in a voicemail. Our toll-free number is one 877 310 9662 and uh, let's get started our first voicemail or mp3 mail is from Tony and Tony is in Spring Hill Florida hey podcast crew this is Tony Zarcone from Spring Hill Florida MRZ Rich on the Diz boards I was recently at the Swan actually thanks to you guys I had won a trip on the Diz boards and I my husband wanted a hamburger so we decided to walk over to Beaches and Cream because we hear so many great things about it over on the restaurant boards. And we were a little disappointed because there were hardly any tables and the tables they did have were all occupied. They told us the wait was going to be about an hour. And we were hungry and didn't want to wait an hour. So we walked back over toward the Swan and Dolphin. We walked into the Dolphin and right in front of our faces was the Dolphin Fountain. We were happy to see that the menu was very similar to Beaches and Cream. Your burgers, fries, shakes, floats, onion rings, french fries, sandwiches, salads. Uh, They had all kinds of ice cream, both hard and soft serve. And um, they had their own answer to the kitchen sink there. It was called the funnel. Seven flavors of ice cream and all kinds of toppings. Uh, The kids' menu was on a Viewmaster Viewfinder, and they really got a kick out of that. Um, And uh, they even had something wasn't on the regular menu, but on the podium there was a flyer advertising that they make beer floats there using Guinness and any flavor ice cream you wanted to try. I wasn't brave enough to try one of those. I'm not a big beer drinker. Uh, maybe Corey can go, go over there and try one for us. One thing I wanted to say was that although it's not on the Disney dining plan, um, it is a good alternative to Beaches and Cream. Uh, If you're on the dining plan, Beaches and Cream really isn't your best bet for the value anyway. Um, They don't take the Disney dining experience, but they do take the AAA card and DVC membership for a 20% discount. So it kind of counteracts that. Um, We enjoyed the fountain. We went back several times during our seven days at the Swan. Uh, Went over there late at night. Uh, They're open until 11 got a a late night snack uh, before turning in for the evening Um, one thing we did notice that whole week while we were there was that the eateries over at the Swan and Dolphin were pretty much empty uh, as the Disney eateries were turning away people and uh, the food at the Swan and Dolphin 
was pretty good. Uh, in many cases, a higher caliber than many of the restaurants, you know, owned by Disney. Uh, I suggested as an alternative for people who aren't crazy about their choices, uh, especially at Disney Hollywood Studios, it's easy enough to hop on the boat and go over to the Swan and Dolphin. You might like the choices there a little better. Uh, by all means, give it a try. And uh, thanks again for a great trip. We had so much fun. And thanks for a great podcast. Have a good one. Bye. Well, thanks, Tony, for that uh, report. And we're glad you enjoyed your prize and you had a good trip. This is something I think a lot of people forget about. Um, we mean to get over there quite a bit. We always think about getting over there and trying it. I love it. It's, it's great over there. Yeah, we've uh, eaten at the back. One of my favorite things is the um, they have an ahi tuna burger. It might sound pretty disgusting eating a me- medium rare fish on a burger, but it's awesome. No, it sounds it's good. Awesome. I think beer and ice cream sounds disgusting. I was going to ask Corey about that. <laughs> that sounds pretty nasty. I like right? Guinness, and Guinness is one of your thicker. <laughs> and you stick ice cream in there. Would you put in there? Vanilla. Yeah, I wouldn't go crazy. Yeah. Oh. I mean, it's not like you Maybe can get beers that are scoop. almost like root beer. I thought you might yes, like that since you were pregnant. Uh, beer and ice cream? Mmm. Okay. Ugh. Walter, are you condoning alcohol and pregnancy? After I said that, I realized what I said. I'm very sorry. <laughs> you should smoke, too. Yeah. And go eat some raw fish. <laughs> oh, my. No, again, thank you for that report. I think that's a, a great alternative for a lot of people who are looking for some place to go. I personally don't like beaches and cream. I don't know what it is. It's not my favorite place. It's always chaotic and crowded and I don't know. It's just not my favorite place. So this sounds like a good place to go. I don't understand the people love it. They yeah, really I don't get it. It's not my thing. The I fountain don't. looks so much better since they redid mm-hmm. when, after they did the whole rehab of the hotel. It's I mean, bigger too. It's really nice over there. Excellent. Very good. Who has an email they'd like to read? I do. Judy. Put down your beer (laughs) and your your cigarette (laughs) and your hair dye. Mine is from Anna, and she's in Aspen, Colorado. She's Aspen 37 on the boards. I love your show. All you get, you give us all such great information about Disney World each week. I don't know what I would do without the Diz. My question is for Julie. I know Department 56 makes Disney items such as Halloween houses, Eeyore, and Tigger dressed in Santa outfits, and Piglet dressed as an angel tree topper. My question is, do you know if you can buy these items at Disney World? I thought you might know since you do the store tour segments. She also congratulates Corey and I, so thank you very much. And the pregnancy is going very well, so that everyone can know. <laughs> um, to my knowledge, there is not an actual Department 56 store on Walt Disney World property. There is one at Downtown Disney in Disneyland. But I don't think you'll be getting over there anytime soon either. You can find some of the village pieces at the Days of Christmas store at Downtown Disney during certain times of the year. Um, it's not guaranteed to always be there, and it's very limited. They go pretty fast, and you can't find them in other places. I would visit their website. That's what I did today, and I put in my zip code to see if there were any places that sold these items near my home. And there were a few. One was a Hallmark store, and one was another little gifty-type store. So www. D, as in department, 56online.com. You can also shop online. Now, their Disney selections are limited online. I was searching around and looking, so you may want to just find a store near you. Very easy to use. Store locator is right at the top. Very cool. Thank you, Julie. Who has an email I'd like to read? I have one. This is from Mark, a.k.a. McMahon, 
on the boards from Plymouth, Minnesota, is the way he spelled it. Okay, so here's my rant. I was at Hollywood Studios this last Wednesday, 9108. I was walking past the Little Mermaid attraction toward Pixar Place when a mom comes running out of the line for Little Mermaid with her son that looked to be about four or five years old. She drags him to one of the bushes just outside the Little Mermaid attraction, pulls down his pants, and he pees in the bush. <laughs> I could not believe what I saw. Please use the bathroom, people. But that certainly would be preferable, I would imagine. Yeah. <laughs> That's incredible. That's probably not the first time that's happened. Yeah. I wouldn't think it would be either. No, there was a long thread on the Diz about this before. Peeing this, in parks? Yeah, peeing in public. Was it started by Thomas Kincaid? (laughs) 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 The oddest thing is that there's a bathroom like every 10 feet. Yeah. (laughs) It's not like you really got a hold of people. I mean, you can find a bathroom pretty easily. So we don't know what this person was thinking. We can't really say, I don't know. It's just bizarre. It's just bad form. It is. It just is. I mean, he, what if he comes back to the park when he's 15 and he thinks it's okay to pee in the bush next to the, air, the <laughs> can't aerial wait to go show. back to Disney. So I can <laughs> I'm hoping he's matured in 15 years, but I could be wrong. Oh, man. You know how we all have memories. <laughs> I remember when I, I remember that bush. Yeah. There used to be a bush here. Talk about a park peeve. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Walter, for that. <laughs> Let's play our next voice now. And this one comes from Dustin, who wants to know, does Disney get old? Hey, podcast crew. Uh, This is Dustin in Richmond, Virginia. Just plain old Dustin on the boards. I first wanted to say what a treat it is to listen to your show every week. Uh, I really love the roundtable format you guys have, and I think it works really well with the information you're presenting. Well, I just saw the uploaded video of The World of Mickey starring Bob, and I had a few thoughts about that. Aside from having its uh, you know, obvious Bob moments, seeing him on a video on this show kind of reveals what Bob was all about. Uh, you can tell he wasn't as excited about doing the trivia questions and mentioning the sponsors as he was about presenting some you know, helpful information about Disney World. And this video kind of reminded me of when I was a kid and I made videos with my brother about all the different attractions at Disney World. Uh, we use sound effects and stuffed animals and weird puppets and it was kind of <laughs> weird. Uh, um, kind of creepy too. Uh, we were on a Disney Inside Out high and apparently wanted to make our own videos, but uh, but anyway, I you know I had a sort of passion for it when I was a kid, and I can kind of see that same passion in Bob in, in that video. It, it seems he wanted to you know share his knowledge with a lot of people. And I'm sure that passion led him to your site and podcast. Uh, but I was wondering, does dealing with Disney every day sort of disillusion that original passion that brought you to where you are now? Uh, I've been a cast member now for two years after doing two college programs. And unfortunately, Disney World has become less of kind of like that uh, warm, fuzzy area in the back of your brain. And unfortunately, more like a mundane everyday task just because I have to work there, you know. So I I was just wondering how you guys felt about that after doing uh, the website and show for some time now. So uh, thanks. First of all, have you all seen the commercial with the talking baby for E-Trades? I love that. Dustin sounds like the talking baby. (laughs) 
Dude, I just bought stock. Yeah. <laughs> I hired Bobo I like when back there. <laughs> Dustin, thank you very much for that voicemail. Um, we talked about this a while ago on the the anniversary show. I mentioned that when I was a cast member, one of the problems I had was the magic did get sucked out of me by working for Disney. Um, I think you have to be a special kind of person to work for Disney and still be able to retain that magic. As far as dealing with Disney, we deal with Disney on a completely different level now. So there are parts of it I find disillusional. Um, is that a word? It is now. <laughs> <laughs> Add it to the dictionary. Uh, put it on Wikipedia. We deal with Disney on a level where there's a lot of uh, politics and there's a lot of um, trying to get the information we need and trying to get the work done that we need to do. So that tends to uh, put a different spin on the whole Disney thing. But I think we're, personally, I'm able to separate that part of Disney, the business aspect of Disney, from the enjoyment of the parks and the movies and that sort of thing. So it, involvement at this level doesn't take it away from me. I think it actually heightens it. I think I would agree. I think I approach Disney differently than when I lived in upstate New York and came here on vacation. That was a commando thing where you get up first thing in the morning and you you left as they were like pushing you out of the park. Uh, we don't do that anymore. Um, you can become jaded enough that you don't wait in line for anything. If there's three people ahead of you to get out of the attraction, yeah, right. you just walk by it. It's like, I'll do that another time. I find that it's given us the opportunity to explore the path less traveled, to see things and do things that were missed to enjoy the details. I We very rarely wait in line to go into an attraction. We very rarely go into the parks to do typical park things. If we go into the park, it's usually to do something out of the way, see something new, something like that. So yeah, it, it's, it changes the way you look at it, but it doesn't, for me, it hasn't taken away the magic. I'm okay with seeing the things that they do that I don't agree with, the things that they don't do well, but I also see the things that they do very well. So, I mean... Yeah, it's changed it a little bit, but not really negatively as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like now you go to the parks with a certain goal in mind, not to uh, – you just don't go and do as many rides as possible. You have a goal now. It's like if I go to the park without my camera, I feel naked. Right. You know, I'm, I'm there. I'm armed with you know a camera to get information and to bring it back to you guys. Um, one thing with doing Julie's store tours with her, going around the entire World Showcase and really going in all those shops in depth – you know, I learned something new. I'm like, wow, I never knew this was here. This is really great. So I definitely still have an appreciation for it. It's just you approach it different, like y'all said. Recently, we did the Citricos review, and I had mentioned you guys weren't here, but I had mentioned that I had never been there before. So it's really nice to find an experience that's completely new to you after being there so many times. I agree with John. When I lifeguarded with Corey at Blizzard Beach, I hated Disney. I mean, I didn't want to go to the parks. I didn't want to do anything that had to do with it because I had to work there. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't magical like I thought it would be. Picking up trash is not magical. (laughs) (laughs) Or even seeing those backstage areas where you think, oh, this is going to be cool. And it's like, it's almost like any other job. It takes it away from you. But um, I think Taylor's visit once a year where I and Corey sometimes, we do the parks hardcore like a tourist would. You know, someone that's coming to visit to really enjoy and get everything that they want and hope to experience out of their vacation 
um, brings helps me to see that it is magical, especially through her eyes. And then with our baby coming, it'll be even more so, I believe. It'll bring it back for us. Because seeing it through his eyes, mm-hmm. when he's of age to appreciate and realize what it is, will be fun. We have friends who live locally who take their grandson into Disney all the time. And I've always joked with them, where is he going to go on vacation? He's growing up with Disney in his backyard, and he's a regular. He knows it as well as any of us. And your child is... I'm afraid. He's going to be like snobby and be like, oh, I go there all the time. You know? (laughs) (laughs) You're going to have to send him farther. You're going to have to send him to Italy on vacation. He's going to go to Louisiana for vacation. (laughs) (laughs) I think, though, a baby or or a kid changes your perspective on everything. Oh, for sure. So everything you do is going to have a new twist to it. So it's going to be fun to experience that through you guys. And see that comes along. How about you two who aren't really like Disney freaks like we were? You know, does doing this change your perspective of Disney in any way, or is it just the same old thing that you always do? A lot of times it's like a job. I mean, like Corey said, you, you don't go without your camera. We went to uh, California for 11 days. I think I rode three rides. The rest of the time was, I mean, don't get me wrong, there was a lot of fun things to do. The food and wine stuff, there were special pairings. I mean, there's a lot of things that we did, but when you go, you do look at it as, I need to cover this event, I need to get pictures, I need to be able to talk about this. And so you look at it, I mean, it's a lot of fun, it's really great, but it, it's, it's also a lot of work. People hear about what we do and they're like, oh, wow, that's wonderful, but it really is a lot of work. I mean, you've got to cover a lot of stuff, you've got to take a lot of pictures, you've got to cover a lot of ground, you've got a lot of events, you, and it's not... Yeah, Mickey's Not So Scary is a perfect example. You know, you have to get there and you have to make sure you see... And yep. document every single we thing. Never, I never rode a ride that night. So when you go to work, there is a lot of work. I mean, it's a lot of fun because you're, you're working in Disney, but there is a lot of work. People, I think, look at it and say, oh, wow, that's wonderful. But, you know, the, the site doesn't take care of itself. You've got to put the content up. You do go into the parks hyper-aware. You start to look at yeah. real detail. I mean, you really – because you have to come back and be able to – talk about it intelligently so you have to pay attention and i think when you're on vacation you kind of let a lot of that go you know it's kind of more of a free spirit kind of thing it's not a free spirit for us to go to disney it's you're going there for a purpose it's like with food and wine coming up i mean Corey and will are going to go and cover the media side of it they're going to take photos and video and all that kind of stuff and then we'll go and experience it together as a team for the show and the site and then hopefully we can go another time and, and have our experience where we don't have to do anything. <laughs> Which is a really nice thing about being local. It's a really nice thing for us because we're local. We do get to experience things multiple times, either for our first for our enjoyment and then to cover for the site and then to make sure you get the details of it and report back and then even to follow up and get information when people ask questions so it gives us that little bit of you know added bonus of being able to go to the parks whenever we want an example of that we went to this um the american pyrotechnic association 60th anniversary i don't know what it was saturday night (laughs) what day this show is going up it was saturday night and we decided that we were going to go to the Grand Floridian, so we decided to see if we could walk up to Citrico's. Now, we had reviewed this two weeks ago, and you do approach dinner in a different way. 
So when people say you have the best job in the world, I agree, I do. But I do approach it differently than I approached dinner last night. Dinner last night was about ordering what I wanted and mm-hmm. what tasted good and not really having to worry about whether I had to tell somebody about it or yeah. not. And making sure you have an appetizer, making sure you have dessert. Right. You know? And making sure I have the menu and I've taken pictures of everything before anybody touches right, it. That's yeah. really the hardest part. Because Julian invariably... Oh, he, he like almost smacks my hand. That's why I'm like, like what's my food? I forget that all the time because <laughs> Pete's like, take a picture first, take a picture first. And you don't think about that when your food comes out. The worst, yeah. like, you think the worst part is when you do good. take a bite out of it. And then I, it's like you try to cover it up. And put it back. <laughs> <laughs> I've asked him to bring out another plate so I could take a picture before. I can not tell you how many times we've taken a picture of something and had to turn it around and take a picture from the other side so you all can't see the yeah. bite mark out of it. That's funny. So, it's fun you. work. It is. It, it is fun, fun work, work, but it's it's just it's a different it's a different attitude about how you approach it. Different perspective. I think each one of us goes in there like Corey said with different goals. It's a different perspective. It's not just fun, you know. Right. But it is fun. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, because nobody's going to pity us. <laughs> They're, <just Yeah>. not. <laughs> They're not going to feel sorry for us. <laughs> Thank you, Dustin, for that question. Who has an email they want to read? This comes from Colin in, uh, from New Jersey. Colin says, he's completely addicted to the Diz Unplug, and he's genuinely thankful for all the work we put into it. Actually, I think Colin's a girl. Colin I think is it's a girl. Colleen. <laughs> <laughs> That's the first words are my husband. Yeah, right. <laughs> I'm sorry, Colleen. Colleen uh, is coming with her husband. My husband and I will be at Disney for the last weekend of Food and Wine. Uh, a few months ago, Kevin mentioned the Festival of the Mas- Masters at Downtown Disney, and that really caught our interest. I know this begins at ni- 9.30 a.m., but I was wondering if Kevin and John could recommend uh, the best time of the day to attend that festival, or the best day, I think, because when I went last year, it was really, really crowded. Well, it's only a couple of days, so yeah, it's, it's going to be crowded cool. no matter when you go. Right. Well, thanks again, so she says thanks. I, first of all, I'm surprised at how early it ends. We kind of tend to venture out later in the afternoon, yeah. and if you're not there, I think it ends at five thirty, mm-hmm. five or six. Yeah. Wow! So, so it really early. closes down early, especially when you think of the rest of Disney, which goes at least ten, eleven, twelve. I would recommend now. First of all, if you're going to look at artwork, I would recommend going during the high spot in the day. The light's going to be the best, and you can really see things. Um, it is a crowded event; it's very, very popular. So. Just plan accordingly. The other thing is, because it is so popular and so crowded, it's going to take you longer to see all of it. Now, if you're not interested in artwork, there's all, there's some stuff to do. But for the most part, it's an art exhibit, an art exhibit and sale. So that's what I would suggest. It takes place November 7th through the 9th. So if um, I would probably go on the 7th, that Friday. You probably get less locals. During that time, you're going to get more locals on the Saturday and mm-hmm. Sunday. Yeah. So I would suggest the first day, the 7th. I have to tell you something. Last year, I saw a piece of artwork, and I took a postcard. And it was an expensive piece of artwork, but someday I'm going to own a piece of this artwork, and I've kept this person's card. Hmm. Someday. <laughs> Always going They have there. a lot I'm of like, great oh, stuff I would like to there. try to do that. Yeah. The chalk was, was really cool last year. Yeah, the chalk artist, artist. A lot of cool stuff out there. It is. Excellent. Well, thank you, Will. Who else has an email? I do. Uh, oh, okay. Go ahead, Corey. I have one um, from Dan Pick. He's uh, D. Pick on the boards, and this one's directed to me, um, mainly about the Mickey's Not-So-Scary um, Halloween Party Fireworks. Um, he writes, I have a hard time finding spots where I can get a good view of the castle with fireworks in the background without people's heads in the way. My question is, where did you take them from, and how long did you have to stake out your spot before the fireworks? Um, my spot that I like 
It's in between Casey's and the uh, the Plaza Ice Cream Parlor. Uh, not directly in the middle. I, I move up a little closer towards the castle, um, past the tip board. If you look at the the main street, it kind of goes up. I know exactly what you're talking about. You're talking about sort of the crest of the hill. Right, right yeah, there. right up there. I get right up there, and I'm, uh, I use a monopod, so I'm able to uh, kind of put my camera above my head. And the camera that I have, is uh, it pivots. So I'm able to still look at the screen with it over my head, and and that's where I uh, that's where I stand for the fireworks. And an- another location I like, if you want to get Main Street in the shot of your fireworks, is right in front of the flagpole um, around the city hall area. Yep. So, what's a tip you can give us for taking pictures of fireworks? Because mine all come out like a giant blur. Yeah. Well, you just you're gonna have to watch with using your um your auto setting, and it's it's gonna try to everything's going to come out like a blur. I usually go into my shutter and try to speed up the shutter the shutter speed. Um, that way it just takes a quick snapshot of it to get a crisp um, look. I usually focus on the, the clock of the castle. I know that if I can see that clock and it's crisp, my, like my fireworks are going to come out pretty good. So you, ha- you really have to play with it, and the, uh, the autofocus can mess up your... Uh, your shots because it doesn't know what it wants to focus on. Well, cool. fireworks, I'm sorry, fireworks go from light to darkness very fast, yes. so it's focusing on different periods of light. I'm sorry. Isn't there a, a setting for fireworks on some cameras? There's I mean, do night, you use that? There's like nighttime settings. My camera actually has a firework setting. Use that, but those they, they're blurry. If you don't have like a like Corey said, he uses a monopod, and yeah. that's and that's still not sturdy enough. If for, to use your nighttime settings, that leaves the shutter open like really really long. I know I did light that. For, and, and, you know. and any movement movement, it's going to blur right. it. So usually, sometimes when I take night shots, I'll try to find a trash can to set the camera on, and I'll press the button and move move away from it. Or I'll find a, a railing and set the camera on that. Something stationary. But it's fire, really an art. It really is. An it, art. Is. it takes but practice too. I think a monopod is a great tool. Like you said, there's people's heads in his photos. I yeah. mean, it's it's pretty slim. It's easy to carry around, and it's a great tool for in the parks. Yeah. We carry them all the time. One more question: How do you time them so you know you get the explosion in the air and not I, a trail going up or just the smoke like I a do? A very large memory stick, and I just keep taking them. Yeah. So you take you like know, rapid. Really? I just keep taking them. You know, I don't use the rapid uh, mode Continuous. on the camera. I do take them. Like I, tr- oh, yeah. I try to time it. I'm like, okay, I see them going up. I know they're going to explode, so I snap it right before it explodes. But there's a few times where it's just a little too late and they're gone. Sometimes I find myself watching him and not the fireworks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a show unto itself. Yeah. <laughs> little piece of trivia. You talked about it going uphill, going into the park. That was designed that way. Did you, did you know that? I got stuck there. Did you know that? <laughs> It's because you're the least tired going into the park in the day, so walking uphill doesn't seem as bad. And at night, when you're the most tired, it's to make it easier for you to leave the park. Hmm. 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 All things <laughs> Oh, and he asked how long I stake out my spot. Usually about, uh, like for Mickey's Not So Scary, it wasn't a very Mm-mm. crowded night, so I was there 10, 10 minutes 10, 15 minutes before that. The other thing, too, is when it's started. you or you and one other person, there's a little more maneuverability. If you're traveling with kids and everything, you really want to stake at your spot ahead yeah. of time. But if, you know, we Kevin and I can go to the parks by ourselves yeah. and yeah. find the perfect spot. You know, we find the, the kids and we stand right in front of them so that we block their, <laughs> their shots. What I would do if I were him, if he does have a wife and a family, you know, find a spot for them to watch the fireworks, mm-hmm. and then you go to your spot and take your photos. So you don't worry about your kids bumping into you and things like that, which I know can happen. So that's true. Good point. Excellent, Kevin. I know you have an email you want to read. I do. Mine is from Dee Dee. And Dee Dee says she was born and raised in Anaheim, but I don't know if she still lives there. Dee Dee sent us a very nice email. Um, 
with accolades about the Diz and my restaurant reviews and what all of us do. Uh, in interest of time, I'm going to cut Dee Dee's email down and not read all that and get to her question. I was wondering if you guys would be willing to discuss a kind of sensitive subject, but I do believe that there are many listeners out there who could benefit from some of your expertise in this area. In previous podcasts, some of you have discussed that you are poo-sized. I am as well and have been avoiding certain rides because of the fear of not fitting or even not being able to get through the turnstiles. I go into a blind panic when I come anywhere near the turnstiles of Country Bears, Haunted Mansion, or Hall of Presidents. I won't even attempt to ride Rock and Roller Coaster or Everest for fear of being embarrassed. When they added the seatbelts to Tower of Terror, I about cried because that is my favorite ride and I was sure I would never be able to ride it again. The fear was unfounded as I fit fine on my last trip. I am now in the middle of a weight loss voyage, so to speak, and have lost 75 pounds. Congratulations, Dee Dee. We all know how hard that is. Well, Corey and Julie probably don't. But I am far from small. I am not sure how big those of you are who have spoken about being bigger or those who travel with you as being big, but I was hoping you could discuss some of this stuff and how it affects you, your travel buddies, and maybe recommendations for someone to do things discreetly without drawing too much attention to themselves. What ride would you recommend steering clear of and what ride seems small but you'd never have issues with? How do you avoid the turnstiles but still ride the attractions? Size also affects mobility, so I was wondering how you handle a day at the park without pooping out too early. Sorry for being long this being a long-winded email. I have been waiting for the right podcasters to ask about this, and you all seemed like the appropriate folks. Thanks so much, a fan forever, Dee Dee. Okay, I'm poo-sized, and I have been all my entire life, and I find that Disney World is probably the most accepting of that. And I don't mean accepting, I guess that's not the right word. There are the least number of barriers, uh, some of the attractions that have turnstiles will also have a gate to allow people who are in wheelchairs or strollers or something to get through. I would discreetly ask a cast member if there's a way around the turnstile. I find that the folks who work at Disney World are understanding of just about everybody and will do everything they can to make you as comfortable as possible. I would certainly not feel uncomfortable discussing that with one of them and tell them, you know, of your fears, that that's just a too small a spot. There are people who are afraid of being trapped in a small spot. I know people who won't do certain things for fear of being enclosed. So everybody's got things that they deal with. As far as what rides, I myself find the teacups unrideable. My belly touches that wheel in the middle, so my teacup doesn't spin. Um, I am six foot five and a big boy. I find it difficult to get down into Space Mountain because you have to go way down into that cart. I also feel, and I, I know this is unfounded because it's never happened, but I feel very uncomfortable because even though it's dark in there, you can see those beams overhead. So I ride the entire ride trying to fit my head in down behind the person in front of me <laughs> because I don't want to be decapitated on Space Mountain. So people always assume that I'm afraid to go on. It's not that I'm afraid to go on. It's just that it's very uncomfortable thinking that any minute your head's going to smack into a metal bar. Yeah. And again, I've ridden it and it hasn't happened, but it's it's still an illogical fear. I can't think of anything that's unrideable. I've talked about this on one show. I've been on every ride at Disney. So, and it's a matter of what I feel comfortable in or what, you know, what rides upset me. 
in terms of motion is how I pick what I will and won't ride. So I've not found one ride where I've been uncomfortable. There are rides where I'll actually ask the cast member to ride alone. Um, Big Thunder Mountain. Right. I'll say, listen, I'm a big guy. Just let me have my own car because it's not going to be fun for the person sitting next to me as I squash them into the wall. So there are things like that that I do I know in advance. Um, The whole idea about the turnstiles, this is – I've never heard this, and I don't run into this personally – I, you know, I kind of, you go sideways, you go, you fit your way in. I've never found a turnstile I can't get through. But people have different body shapes, shapes and body yeah, sizes. That's true. Um, I can tell you about Expedition Everest. When John and I first wrote it, we've told this story before, but it bears repeating. We had waited through the entire queue and got to the ride. And I was a little trepidatious about riding Expedition Everest. I'm not a big roller coaster fan. And they the seats were side by side. And we sat down. And went to pull the seat bars back, and the bars wouldn't latch. And I stood up and thought the train was going to leave the station, so started screaming like a crazed man. <laughs> because I thought, okay, I'm standing up in a roller coaster, and they're going to release it, and my head's going to hit. I have a thing about hitting my head, I think. Um, I'm going to run right into that wall up there. So I didn't want them to release the train, and everybody in Animal Kingdom knew that I didn't want them to release the train. So... While I was standing on the loading platform, they explained to John how to do this. And the man told John to stand up and then clicked the bar back so that it was against his kneecaps. Now, John's standing up with his bar clicked. So, John, he can't move. So now the man says to to him, take one leg out and put it in the other seat and slowly shimmy under the bar. I was hysterical. I thought it was the funniest thing I had ever seen. And John's reactions, John says to the cast member, this isn't Cirque du Soleil. <laughs> so he finally got, did enough shimmying that he got under the bar and stopped breathing for the duration of the ride. But it's my understanding that they now have fixed that so that the bar has more leeway. I also know that there's an actual car from the ride outside of Expedition Everest so that you can test it to see if you're comfortable riding in it. I find more rides at Universal I can't ride than I can at Disney. I can't ride the Mummy ride. I can't fit in those seats at all. Um, the Hulk, because the bar comes over your shoulders oh, plus yeah. clicks between your legs. It's just I can't fit in those. The um, last time I rode E.T., and that bicycle seat. Oh, <laughs> oh, my. Those were uncomfortable for me. Those are not comfortable for anybody. <laughs> Steven Spielberg is torturing people. So there, I find that I find other places. Now, I've been to Disneyland in California, and there are a couple rides out there. There's that Alice in Wonderland thing. Oh, where you ride the caterpillar. Right. I rode that in the entire time, felt very uncomfortable because it's these concrete bridges and things. So I was certain that. You, I was going to be on the news because I broke the Alice in Wonderland ride. <laughs> I also would not ride the storybook Boats. ride where it goes through the the whale. Yeah, the canal. I don't want the they back really of the pack those boats. Yeah, and I don't want the back of the boat down low in the front of the people having to clutch and well, hang on. They don't on. balance it out very well when no. you get on that boat. You know, as far as weight's concerned, anyway. So yeah, I find, and I just talked in the last show. I talked about the fact that somebody has screwed the seats down at the cantina at Mexico, <laughs> and that not everybody fits in those screwed down seats. So, I do want to address one thing he wrote that we actually we do quite a bit. If you go into a restaurant, a lot of restaurants have seats with arms on them, 
And a lot of times, if you're a bigger person, those arms will cut into your waist. Or your thighs. Into your your thighs. So we ask, do you have a chair without arms? And we'll wait for them to bring us a chair without arms. And we'll actually go and and get one if we have to Mm -hmm. from another area. So don't let it impinge upon your your fun. Don't let it be something you're so concerned about. There's ways around everything and you're going to have a great time. Now, as far as mobility, isn't can't you rent a um an ECV if that's a you problem? You can. I got to tell you, we you know, we go to the parks and we get tired. So you sit on a wall for 5 minutes yeah. and you catch your breath or you sit on a bench for 5 minutes. I don't think I don't wouldn't feel comfortable using the ECV for myself when I think there's other people who would use it for me. I don't think my Lack of mobility is that bad. I can stop and rest. I also think, and this is, I don't mean to get political here. I don't have an agenda. I think people who are big and overweight have been made to feel bad about themselves for so long that accepting any kind of help like that seems like you're admitting that other people are right. Mm. And I think that it's a real barrier to people to rent an ECV. I think... Again, I'm not. I don't have an agenda no, here, but it, yeah. it, it, you're you're made to feel that it's your fault. It, it's fixable. You should do something about it, and you're a bad person for not doing it. I'm not suggesting that anyone here does that or that Disney World does that, but people who are big and overweight face that every day of their lives. You know what the and I would is? want. I apologize. Let me finish. I apologize um, to the person who wrote this and anybody else who's listening. Don't let that be a barrier from you of from you enjoying all of Walt Disney World. It's a real place of freedom. I've heard people talk about people who have um, mothers who talk about their kids who have autism and that this allows them almost a freedom. Their kids love it. They So there are people of all shapes and sizes, disabilities, abilities, um, enjoying the park. Make sure that you do what you need to do to enjoy the park. One big obstacle is that it's the, for mobility is the people around you. If you travel with a group of people and they want to walk fast, a lot of people feel bad on holding the crowd back. Again, you got to take control of it. Listen, I'm going to walk a little slower. I'll meet you here. I'll sit down here for a few minutes. You guys go and enjoy something. Don't be afraid to to do those things. Don't let it. You know, don't feel bad about it. And if you want an excuse, tell them that you're going to take a little bit of a slower pace to soak up the details of the park. If you want to race from ride to ride, feel good about it. I want to take time and enjoy the details of the park. I'll meet you at a prescribed location. Just make sure that you do what you need to do. And again, I would use the cast members in such a way that just con- or say it, you know, off to the side. Ask to speak to one privately. They're very, very, very helpful. Excellent. Thank you for asking that, Dee Dee. It was a great way to bring that up. Thanks, Dee Dee. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, I have one I want to read. Mine is from Michelle and Paul, and they're in East Windsor, New Jersey. And Paul writes, Hi, guys. Just wanted to pass this along to you. We just got a survey in our email from DVC, Disney Vacation Club. There was one question asking which websites I use most frequently, frequently when doing research for my Disney vacations. There was a typical suspects, Disney.com, airline sites, and Google. I was surprised and pleased to see that they wanted to know if I used disboards.com. Of course, I checked yes. So if there's any doubt that the suits at Disney care about our little online community, this should this should cinch it. Paul, thanks for your email. Um, I'll give you my personal story. We were going through the models at the, for the Bay Lake Towers, 
and we ran into a guide and we were asking her questions and she was wanting to know our feedback on the rooms. And Kevin said, um, I had seen pictures online and they looked a little bit like an Ikea catalog. And she says, oh, you must have seen that on the disboards. We read that too. <laughs> and I That's was going to say, I'm so-and-so, but we were taking video and pictures and wasn't sure we were supposed to do that. <laughs> so I kind of shut my mouth we up. We were trying to be covert. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Two really big guys trying to be covert. Yeah, it's not pretty. Um, Spies like us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to buy you guys some camo. <laughs> yeah, because that says that, that, that'll hide us. Nothing blends into a contemporary room like two fat guys in camo. <laughs> but yeah, they definitely listen. DVC more so than the other divisions. DVC and, and DCL, we know for a fact. They've contacted us, they've said things to us. So we know that they're out there listening and, and giving us, uh, listening to the things that people say on the boards and using that for their feedback. So don't be afraid to post if you want to you know, reach somebody, put some information out there. So, thanks. And again, we mentioned it in the other show, the models are much nicer in person than they photograph. They don't photograph well at all. Who, do, who was the other person we talked to? Who, um, the chef at Citrico's. Right. We talked to the chef at Citrico's. He came over to the table and we just told him what a nice time we had and you know what a gem we thought this resort, this restaurant was. And Kevin said, have you ever seen the Diz? And he goes, oh, yeah, I read the Diz boards. And we told them that we had reviewed him for a podcast. This was the other night when we went to that fireworks show. Right. This was not during the review. No. We don't let them know in advance that who we are or what we're doing. But we thought he might like to hear it after the fact. So, Especially Great. since it was good, right? <laughs> yeah, really, since it was positive. You know, we haven't told Al about his review. <laughs> handed him a card. Yeah, we just, yeah, if it's really bad, I don't. Make a point I don't of want to take the time to go to unemployment to try to find out. <laughs> um, excellent. Thanks, Paul. And let's uh, play our next voicemail. This is from Pamela in West Chicago. Hi, podcast crew. This is Pamela from West Chicago, Illinois. P. Dara on the board. I'm calling to thank you for recommending the Walking and Waltz Footsteps Tour at Disneyland. I emailed back in April looking for suggestions. We were at Disneyland for only two days prior to our cruise, and my son Dara was very excited about going to Walt's original park. Even though he's only nine, he's very interested in Walt and his work. Pete suggested the tour, even though it's aimed at adults. My husband, son, and I had a great time. I could tell when we arrived that the cast members were a little concerned that Dara might not be happy with the tour, but at the end, our guide came over to talk with us and complimented him on how well he did. Dara loved the tour, and although he was distracted once or twice, he learned a lot and was genuinely interested. I would highly recommend the tour to any adults. I would only recommend it for children who are very interested in Walt and the history of the park. A big thank you to Pete for suggesting it. I also would like to tell you how fantastic the Disneyland cast members were at the guided tour desk. We were only at Disneyland for two days, Friday and Saturday. We did the tour on Saturday. On Friday morning, our first day at Disneyland, I tripped in Toontown and our family spent much of our first day at the emergency room. I ended up with four stitches in my mouth and a liquid-only diet for three days. Yes, I couldn't eat real food for our first day and a half on the Disney Magic. The tour included a lunch, so when we checked in, they asked us to pick out a sandwich from a small menu. I explained that I'd have to skip it, and they immediately said they would see if they could arrange something else for me. One of the cast members called the chef, and they were able to arrange for a big cup of broth and another big cup of vanilla yogurt for me. I was thrilled to have something I could actually eat. A liquid diet in a theme park is not at all easy. 
I truly appreciated that they took the extra time and effort to find something for me. We had a wonderful time at Disneyland, even with my accident, and it was a fantastic start to an amazing vacation. Thank you again for all you do with the website and podcast. Bye. Thank you, Pamela. Um, Corey and Julie, did you guys do this tour? We did. We, we did. Disneyland? We enjoyed it. We were it exhausted. Um, you know, we were just exhausted, period. From the, We got to the park early that day, and we did it. We did an afternoon tour. Was it 2.30? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We did have a really good experience, like she said, with the tour uh, people when you go to check in. Um, our tour guide was not the most well-spoken lady. Really? Um, and st- just a few things like, you know, like the foliage outside. She said foliage. Just things that kind of, I was like, you know, I, I, you know, it shouldn't be happening for this caliber of tour and what it's about. And, and especially what it's because for. it's got to be something she says over and over again. You think someone would have corrected right. her by now. We went on the Keys to the Kingdom one time, and the tour guide kept saying some of Walt's characters were based on real people, and some of them were fictional. <laughs> and I have to tell you, every time she said it, I would start to say something, and John would you say, don't. You know? And I, I wanted to say to her, it's fictional right. or fictitious. There's no such word as fictional. <laughs> Gosh! But it was uh, it was educational though. It was you know, really we, a we fun learned tour. a lot. Mm-hmm. It was a small group of us. I think there were like six of us only. Yeah, so it was much more intimate than some of the other tours we've been on. But the lunch was excellent. I had the vegetable sandwich. I have to say, it was the best meal I had in the parks. I don't know where it came from. Pamela just proved my point. If you let the cast members know, they seem to go out of their way to help you mm-hmm. have a good experience. So let them know. Yeah, we're sorry about you had that accident. That sounds, wow. that sounds horrible. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, Kevin's right. Just let them know. Listen, I had this problem, and I don't know what to do about it. And they'll go out of their way to help you. So great. I'm glad you had a good time. I'm glad everybody who was with you had a good time. So good to know. Good tour at Disneyland. Julie, why don't you read yours? Mine's from Tammy in Johnston, Rhode Island. She was listening to an old podcast from December of 2007, and she realized how much we all love chocolate. (laughs) She's right there with us on that and says she can't get enough good chocolate on Disney property. Um, She would like to find some, or even a suggestion of a delicious chocolate dessert that any of us know about or have tasted on property. She said, I know you've done some great restaurant reviews. She wants to know if any of us have had the chocolate souffle at Paolo on the Disney Cruise Line. She looks forward to that the most, and the last time she cruised on the Wonder 11-night Southern Caribbean cruise, she had two at one meal, mm, she says. <laughs> so thanks for all the information and uh, from your devoted chocolate addict, Tammy. I actually picked a few of my favorite spots to get chocolate or have chocolate, and one is at the Germany Pavilion in Epcot. I love the almond bark there. They have milk and dark. I also love the chocolate fudge with caramel in it. I believe you can get that at basically any candy shop on property that sells fudge. And then at Gico, um, we dined there several weeks back, and I had the tandoori chocolate cheesecake with lavender ice cream. Oh, my God, it was so good. It was to die for. And then, of course, um, the Ghirardelli store at Downtown Disney. But I figured some of you guys, well, maybe Kevin, besides me. Um, I like going to Italy. They have the Paraguina or Pergina. Oh, yeah, the Paragino chocolates. Oh, yeah. those are good. I like those. They also have Toblerone bars, uh-huh. and I love those. Those are really good. You can get those in <laughs> so a lot. I'm going to agree with everything you say. <laughs> you can get those in a lot of places, yeah. but in me, to me, going through Italy and getting one of those, it, it never makes it to Germany. But <laughs> 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 So, yeah. I agree. The souffle on the ship is great. The problem I have with the souffle is it's kind of like they push it on you. 
It's like, no matter what you want to get for dessert, I'm going to give you a souffle anyway. And it's I horrify rich. people, and I go, I don't like souffle. And they look at me like I have ten heads. There's been cruises where <laughs> we've said to them, don't put a souffle in the oven for us, please. We want to do something else for dessert. I also like the souffle. I like the sauce that they put on it on the side. I don't like the soggy, wet chocolate cake oh. thing. So I don't want them to make the hole in the souffle and pour those sauces into it. If they put those on, I've had them put it on the side where you can break off pieces of it and have like the dry cake with a little bit of it. I prefer it that way. I still like it. Don't get me wrong. But it's better that way. And I have a problem with Disney desserts in general. I just I can't find any that I really It like. was hard. I had to really think about it. Mm-hmm. I'm a candy person. I'm I'm not into the, all the chocolate and real rich. Give me like Skittles and stuff. That's what I do. <laughs> he said that on more than one occasion. <laughs> Isn't that special? <laughs> we had a box of chocolates here one day, and he said, "I'd rather have four or five Skittles." <laughs> <laughs> he even had a number to attach to it. One thing about Ciardelli is, if you go there, they'll give you a, pe- a free piece of chocolate. So just keep going in and out, in and out. <laughs> The only problem is the one with the caramel in it makes me very thirsty. So make sure the chocolate with the, the little bit of caramel yeah. inside it, you have to have something to drink afterwards. But make, see, I'm not a fan of the dark with caramel. I prefer milk with caramel. The other thing is the <laughs> hot chocolate. Um, we have a hot chocolate aficionado in my family. My mom loves hot chocolate with real whipped cream. Mm. And we have made special trips to downtown Disney to get Ghirardelli's hot chocolate. Never had it there. I had it at the Crystal Palace, and I thought it was excellent. This is good. Ghirardelli's is made with their chocolate, real milk. Oh, so it's really thick, probably. It's really good. It's really good. Mm. And, oh, one other thing. I don't know what they do to them, but Earl of Sandwich... Has a brownie. Oh yeah, they're a dollar ninety-five, and we always end up bringing four of them home with us. They have the best brownie. I think there's drugs in them. It's <laughs> they're round, and it's the right amount of crunchy bits to the soft center. The proportions are right. I'm a big fan of brownies, and Corey's mom actually brought home some Ghirardelli brownies when they had been at Downtown Disney when they were here with us during Gustave, and. They were more like fudge with cake around them. I, they were okay. I, I wasn't a huge fan. Try an Earl of Sandwich brownie. You'll like it. Because I'm, I like nuts in my brownies, walnuts, oh, these pe- are just, pecans, these whatever you can put in there. That's fine. She's going to be talking about chocolate for the rest of the night. But I just want y'all to know I'm that. I'm probably going to go home and make brownies. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, when you say there's crunchy things in the middle, if it's not nuts, what are you talking it's about? It's not crunchy things. It's the edge. It's cracked. Oh, I oh, love crispy God. edge on the brownie. And there's no, there's no so nut, good, nuts. Huh? There's no nuts in them. Um, it's a round brownie, and... I like the edges of the brownie better than the center soft part. Right. And it's the right ratio of the crunchy edge to the center. I know okay. what you mean. <laughs> like in your pan. Like if you baked right, it in a right. square pa- or a rectangular pan, I always like the corner pieces the best. Right. I used to babysit for a little boy. This is years and years and years ago. She and doesn't it, know what she started. We'll be back with more chocolate hour. I would babysit for this little boy, and his mother would make a pan of brownies on the night. I loved going there because she would then cut the center out of the brownie and tell me he would only eat the center portion. He didn't like the part that touched the pan, <laughs> and that's my favorite part. I loved babysitting for him. That part gets the most butter that you put on the bottom. <laughs> I didn't think about that. I just like it because it's the crunchy chocolate part. Wow. <laughs> it does. 
Alrighty. <laughs> now that Kevin and I have answered your question, hopefully. <laughs> Was that enough helpful? Because <laughs> oh. we can keep going. <laughs> very, very good. Um, Kevin, you have an email you want to read? I do. Uh, mine is from Edward, and Edward is in Columbia, Maryland. Uh, Edward says, my family is thinking about going on a Disney cruise in 2009. What are the pros and cons of the various cruises out of Port Canaveral? Beside the obvious difference of three days versus four days versus seven days, or other special cruises, is there a consensus that a particular cruise is better from a port of call perspective? One better for a family with kids versus an older couple without kids, etc.? Is there a favorite among members of the podcast? I know a lot of people on the podcast have gone on cruises in the past. How about a discussion of your favorite ports of call, etc.? Okay, Bernie. A three-day cruise. We're leaving on a three-day cruise actually on Thursday, on Wednesday. A special three-day cruise. It's the Magic's first day out of dry dock. And John and myself and my mom and dad are going. I personally find three-day cruises far too busy. By the time you check in on the first day to the point where you get off three days later, it just isn't enough time. Uh, I've only done one four-day cruise in all of the cruises I've been on, and it was nice to have that sea day in the middle. The seven-day cruises, in my opinion, are far more relaxing. There's a bigger amount of time, not to be obvious, but there's a more time between checking in and getting off the ship. It gives you a chance to actually relax. As far as ports of call... There's, uh, on the average Disney cruise, on the seven-day cruise, there's an eastern and a western cruise. The western cruise goes to Jamaica, Grand Cayman, and Cozumel, which sometimes makes a stop at Key West. And the eastern cruise goes to St. Thomas and St. Martin. Both cruises stop at Castaway Key on the way home. I personally like the eastern cruise. However, I love Grand Cayman. And I love Cozumel. So I'm of the belief that you won't go wrong with either one. Now, one time when we did go to Cozumel, John and I took the Tulum Ruins Tour. That's where you have to take another small boat to the mainland in Mexico and you go see the Mayan Ruins. Is it the Mayan Ruins? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the Mayan Ruins at Tulum. I found that fascinating. Great, er, Great excursion. Anybody else? I want to add, though, that in uh, 2009, the seven-night cruises are going to have some additional ports of call. There's going to be Aruba and Tortola. Tortola. Now, we can't really speak to those because they haven't done that yet. None of us have been there. We went to Aruba once. It's not Aruba. Aruba's too far down. Oh, we went to St. Croix. (laughs) We went to St. Croix and Aruba. Is it Aruba and Tortola? Yeah, Aruba and Tortola. No, it's St. Croix and Tortola. Corey and I, we've only been on... The Eastern seven day, yeah. and then we've been on three and four days. Um, Nassau, I don't even like to get off the ship. Um, I think maybe for the podcast cruise, we'll go to Atlantis because we've never been there. Yeah. But I really liked St. Martin the best, I think, out of our ports on I the agree. seven day. And if I did through the Western, Key West would be my favorite. That should be obvious to everyone. <laughs> yeah, we really love Key West. I think stopping there on a cruise ship would be really fun. I know Kevin and John, I'm you guys are big say, fans. Uh, we're not going to tell that story again, are we? <laughs> Yeah, that story's been told to death. I, you know, the the um, idea of what's better for family or what's better for uh, older couples and stuff like that, you know, that really depends on personal preference. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? What kinds of things you like to right? do? You know, if you're going to be more adventurous, and you, there's, even in each port of call, there's different excursions. So 
you know, it's really hard to say one's a better place for kids and one's not. Here's the deal. Everybody loves Castaway Key. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to have a great time in Castaway Key. The ship is great. So even if you get to a port and you decide, I don't want to get off at this port, the ship on port days, I find, is uh, some of the best times I've had. Because so many people get off. You can enjoy the common areas so they're not as cr- as crowded. Um I wanted to also figure out what, what the deal was for the new ports of call in 2009. It is going to be St. Croix and Tortola. So, In I, other words. Kevin was right. Okay. <laughs> Although this, he did hand me his iPhone, so maybe he somehow... He yes, I figured it. out a way to reprogram it. He rigged it. He did rig it. So, yeah, two new ports of call. We don't have that much information on those. But again, it's going to be like any other port of call. There's going to be stuff where you can do with kids. There's going to be stuff you can do with just adults by themselves some older people who might have uh, restrictions. So Key West with kids, though, you may have to watch walking down yeah. Duval Street. There are a lot of Bourbon Street type shops that you know they're selling pipes and bongs and and shirts that you don't want your kids reading. So you may have to watch on Key West. I misspoke. I, I said we hadn't been to those ports. You and I have been to St. Croix. We went on a Royal Caribbean cruise one time where they made a refueling stop at St. Croix, and we were given a couple of hours. And if you're going on the podcast cruise and you want to hear a funny story, ask me about our trip to St. Croix. You can't tell it on the podcast. Can't tell it. But going back to your point, Corey, the other thing, too, is they do have activities that are more family-oriented. You can do an excursion mm-hmm. where you get on the train, so you sort of avoid a lot of yeah. that stuff. But if, if you do want to explore and just go take a walk down Duval Street, yeah. you know, that... I think you be the place if you have a family to do an excursion. Absolutely. Whereas, like for Corey and I, St. Martin and St. Thomas, since we'd never been there, we like to explore on our own first. And then if we ever go back again, we would probably do some sort of excursion. Just One of the things that John and I like to do whenever we go to a port that we haven't been to is take the excursion that does the island tour, especially the first time you go. It's usually a couple of hours in the morning or the afternoon, and they take you around and they show you the highlights of the island. Mm-hmm. It just gives you kind of the lay of the land and it allows you to see places that if you were going to explore on your own, you might not take a cab to or... I love those open air like Ford pickup trucks so that they like cut up into like seats. Oh, St. Thomas. That's in St. Yeah. Thomas. Yeah. We got in one of those one time and we go to Frenchman's Reef. There's a hotel up there and they have a great restaurant overlooking the port at St. Thomas. And we were the friend who's a little hesitant to try new things. And I said, no, it's easy. It's just a cab ride up the hill. Well, apparently there was traffic on that road. So they took us. On a the different, yeah, <laughs> we actually went through people's yards. <laughs> uh, we went through one place where a chicken jumped into the cab with us, and I mean, the, the cab driver was stopped, The cab driver stopped and was talking to people along the side of the road and high fiving people. When I tell you, we went through people's yards. We literally went through their yards. We went through parts of St. Thomas that I have never seen before and never want to see again. At one point, we were so close to the wall going up the mountains that there were little weedy things growing off the side of the the wall, and they were actually slapping you as you went by. So make sure you know where you're going. (laughs) All right. I lost track of what we were even talking about. (laughs) Chocolate. We were talking about chocolate. Thanks, Kevin, (laughs) for reading that email. I have one I want to read. <laughs> now wait a minute. <laughs> I, understand I, I that couldn't resist. John's memorial email. <laughs> I don't even know how that happened. <laughs> Mine is from Josh, and Josh is in St. Cloud, Florida, and he didn't tell us where he was from. It's just I know everyone in St. Cloud, Florida, so that's how I know where Josh is from. 
John knows Josh and his mom. I do. He wouldn't know another person who tripped over. <laughs> What's the lady who lives next door to us' name? I, I don't know. <laughs> o- old lady. I don't know what's her name. Neighbor. <laughs> Neighbor lady. Oh, is this the lady who goes out in full makeup to get her mail? Yeah, she does. Yeah, she does. <laughs> I refer to her as get off my lawn, but I don't know what her real name is. <laughs> The reason why I picked Josh's email is that it's actually kind of funny. Josh, we know Josh's mom, and she does some work for us for Dreams Villas and some other things. And we know Josh from his mom, and also Josh now works at the Publix. But Josh wrote to us, not knowing who we were, and never listened to the podcast, was looking for some information, Googled it, found our site, sent us an email. And then the whole thing sort of came together. But Josh writes... uh, Hello, I was wondering how much ice at Gaylord Palms will be this year. Also, last year at my school, if we had good grades, we got a pass to go there for free. Do you know if they will have this promotion again for the Osceola schools? And, Josh, you can actually go to Gaylord Palms' website, and they will have um, the information on the pricing for this year as well as more information on ice. And I did find out that the Gaylord Palms will be doing that promotion again. It's called Cool Kids Honor Roll Program for Osceola County Schools this year. And you can get more information through your school. The details will be available sometime in mid-October. So if you have a good grades, you can get free tickets to go see ICE. But the pricing is on www.gaylordpalms.com slash ICE. So if you're interested in that information. It was just one of those weird things where it was like, Hey, we know him. I think we know him. And then I asked his mother, did he write into the podcast? And she said she didn't even know you guys had a podcast. So it was all kind of bizarre. So, and I wish someone would write in that I knew. Hints, hints. <laughs> hey, listen, if they know us, they probably have a better chance of being read on the air, right? All your family's on dial-up, though. You know, Seriously. <laughs> Some of them don't even have computers. So I can pick on them on air. They'll never know. Will, do you have another email you want to read? I brought one. I brought one. This was just kind of a, a cute little email I saw. Um, this comes from Matt. Matt says he's a stay-at-home dad. Works. Uh, Mr. Mom. I love that movie. A stay-at-home dad for two weeks with their 12-year-old week baby. And, and he was feisty today. So <laughs> I'm sorry. He said, she was screaming most of the day and wouldn't sleep well. She just was sitting on my lap, and I began listening to the show. She started getting upset. I said, fine. You want to listen to it? Put the headphones on the baby and... Uh, he sent a cute picture where the, the baby's the smiling, baby's a little smiling, thumbs up with the headphones. She likes us better than Dad. <laughs> <laughs> so I just thought that was cool. You think that was during one of Pete's rants? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she likes harp music. <laughs> is that what it was? I thought that adorable was cool. picture. It really is. Yeah, it made me smile. I got very that, cute. So that was cool. Very very cute. I'm glad we can help out the new dad. Yeah, really. He should start playing it out loud. <laughs> and our final voicemail. It's from Steve from the UK. Hello to the Dis Unplugged Podcast Collective. This is Steve from Suffolk in the UK. First of all, I love your podcast. The banter between you guys and the information you give are just spot on. So keep up the great work. So now to business. A few questions for you. My partner and I are off to Walt Disney World for the first two weeks of October as a celebration of our civil partnership this month. So question one is, 
While we are there, we would like to do a helicopter flight over Orlando and the non-restricted parts of Disney. Can you recommend a company near to the world that has a good price and a good reputation? Question number two. You put in a pause for us to answer. <laughs> Can you recommend a taxi company to use while we are at Disney? We are staying on property and have a hire car, but would like to use a taxi to go to and from some of the Universal Horror Night events. Do you also have any idea as to how much this would cost? And now to the last question. Steve has crisis music. <laughs> Where is the nearest large Walmart to the Disney property? The reason I ask is my partner works in management at one of the large stores in the UK, and we wanted to experience the Walmart way. Now, the only reference we have is a South Park episode where Walmart tries to take over. So we really wanted to come along and see what it was all about. Well, that's it. Now counting down the days until our arrival at the world. It's been about three years since we last visited, so we've got a lot of catching up to do. And uh, when we get back, hopefully we'll uh, let you know how it all went. Anyway, from us guys over here to you guys over there, we'll speak to you soon. Bye now. I don't know what it is, but I love English accents. I'm going to start saying spot on. Oh, yeah. Spot yep. on. That's okay. I've started using the word whilst. <laughs> whilst. <laughs> Steve, I think we all agree. We loved your, your voicemail. We liked the, the creativity behind it. And Do you think he use... knows that um, who wants to be a millionaire is closed here? Oh, I certainly hope so. <laughs> I'm just wondering if we have to play royalties now because we played so much of that. <laughs> but uh, let's see if we can answer some of your questions. Helicopter rides? I have no idea. Yeah, there's a place on International Drive. It's called Florida Helicopters Incorporated. Um, it's I can give you the phone number. 407 354 1400 um that's the helicopter that we took uh, years back and took some aerial shots around orlando we'll have a link to the that photo gallery uh, on the show notes page it's it's, a, it's not cheap but it's fun there's also one on um 192 right. just past celebration across from the cracker barrel we there's, can't, i can't really recommend or not that one we've never done it so because hell will freeze over before i get in one but i think it's the type of thing you'll find them but i think you'd go with uh, you know, you want to go with somebody who's been on it. So if you know that that's a good company, but it's been a while, so I don't even know if we can recommend that. You know, who knows? We were there a couple weeks ago. Yeah, checking it out. It was a really bad day, but we were gonna. Uh, it wasn't a nice weather. No. Cool. You also want to know about taxis. Um, your choices attack for taxis at Disney World are limited. You pretty much have to use a Mirrors taxi. They have a contract with Disney, so that's what you're going to find when you. Step out of your resort and ask for a taxi. But hey, you could choose van or car. (laughs) That's your big choice. He said he wanted to go to the Halloween Horror Nights from Disney. I was just going to say you You might want to look into. You might want to look into the ticket that uh, has the Halloween Horror Nights with transportation combined. You're going to get a better deal on the the transportation side of it. So check that out. Yeah, that might be your best bet. It's it's round trip transportation included um, with your ticket, and it's arranged by Mears. But it has to be before 10 a.m. Yeah, there, there's a, yeah, there's a, a time block where yeah. you can't use it. It's during the day. I just well, we go to s- Halloween Horror Nights at 10 a.m. <laughs> no, you, you can go there at like 7 or whenever. 
you just can't you can't be picked up from your hotel. I think between like ten a.m. and, and three p.m. And three p.m. Oh, you mean so going to Universal Studios to, first? Yeah. Gotcha. You got to go early and leave. Go earlier, later. go later. Either you're gonna go and spend the whole day there, or you're just gonna go there for I Halloween. Thought Horror Halloween Nights. Horror Nights doesn't start until later. What would you get there at ten a.m. for? It's less <laughs> scary when the lights are on. <laughs> <laughs> and the last one is what he wants to know about the Walmart. If you come out of Disney property out Hotel Plaza Boulevard and take a right on Apopka Island Road or State Road 535, the same road, and go about two miles, there is a super Walmart down the road on your right. The taxi driver should know where the nearest super Walmart is. Well, he has a, a rental car. So I think he was. He said going, he's a hired car, and they're going to be using the taxi for. What does a hired car mean? I think it's the same as a rental oh, car. Oh, I was thinking like they had a town car that brought them to the property or whatever. I disagree. I don't think he has a rental car. Yeah, I think it's a uh, town car. Yeah. Because I think from in the UK they refer to hired cars as someone who they pay to drive around you. for them, not they rented the car. That's how I understood it. I don't care. It's <laughs> on it's State Road 535 and Popka Vineland Road, about two and a half miles, two, two and a half miles down from Hotel Plaza Boulevard on the right-hand side. I don't care how you get there. <laughs> It just seems to me that that's an odd destination for your vacation. You want to go and see the Walmart. Yeah, you might be a little disappointed. I think you might be. I wonder if, I mean, if it's different in the UK. Because that's I'm what sure he says. I know that's South Park. That's why they want to go. Yeah. yeah, me too. It's taking over. It's big. It's, I'd like to hear the comparison. And it's super. <laughs> Thanks for asking. <laughs> go and watch the prices drop. <laughs> really? And have surly people wait on you. Excellent. All right. Well, thank you very much, Steve, for uh, sending us your voicemail. And thank you, everybody, who sent us voicemails and emails. Just a reminder, if you want to try to get your email read on the show, please send that to podcast at wdwinfo.com. If you want to call in and leave us a voicemail, the toll-free number is 1-877-310-9662. And that'll do it for this week's edition of the Diz Unplugged email edition. Thanks and have a good week.